You're listening to the Wicked Case Podcast featuring Cool Kyle and the Rev Kev. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's installment of the Wicked Case Podcast, and a special guten tag to our German listener who has been very consistent. We appreciate it, my man, or, Hello. or my or, or my lady, whoever it may be. We appreciate your listening. Thank I am uh, I am not cool, Kyle. I am, in fact, the Rev Kev, <laughs> and I am with the tea drinking, uh, red shirt wearing, ginger beard looking, cool Kyle. Hey, what's going on? Just got to keep people on their toes. Um, so we're here on Tuesday, the 31st of January. We're going to discuss some Royal Rumble stuff in a little bit. Talk about that. Maybe a little Elimination Chamber conversation, some WrestleMania conversation. But first things first, there's business to tend to. And that's because there were some football games played this weekend. Um, one was kind of a blowout due to some unfortunate circumstances on one team's behalf. And another one was... It seemed to me like a blatant uh, just disregard of, you know, yeah, we're cheating and we don't really care. And <laughs> you don't like to be that guy that or that team that cries foul. But, um, yeah, if I know you didn't watch too much of the game. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, no, it was it was bad. Yeah, I mean, I heard it was pretty, pretty rough stuff. Yeah, the uh, the old Kansas City screw job that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals got. But, you know, whatever. What, what can you do? You know, you can only make the excuse that, you know, oh, the referees are human. You can only make that excuse so many times. You can't make up for the lack of incompetence. It's it's one of those things where, like, if that's your team, like, if I was a Bengals fan and I was upset, we'll talk about the Bengals game first. Um, if I was a Bengals fan and I was upset about the fact that, you know, the call at the end that cost my team the game was called, which, fine, okay, Holmes was out of bounds. I understand that. And the guy that hit him uh, from the Bengals, I think his name was uh, Asai or whatever his name is. I forgot. Osai, yeah. Yeah, Osai. It, when he hit him, he's a young guy. He's just in pursuit mode. He's not, you know, a veteran where he's like, oh, I got to get close to the sideline now. I can't touch Mahomes. Because there are other calls in the game where they weren't called as personal foul penalties or out of bounds or whatever. If it's 50-50, if you called one penalty and you call the other penalty, I can't complain about it. But when you're missing calls on one side and you're calling everything on the other side, it's you, just like, what the hell? Like you can, It like almost you can, feels like a fix is in. Right. Like the NFL wanted, for some reason, Kansas City and Philadelphia to meet. They didn't want Cincinnati in there again. And yeah. I can I understand from a from – a, uh, and it does look suspicious because Kansas City has Travis Kelsey and Kelsey's brother, Jason Kelsey, he plays – for the Eagles, Andy Reid coached before he coached the the uh, Chiefs. He coached the Eagles for a long time. So now you've got the Andy Reid Bowl because now it's these two guys. You know, it's Andy Reid against you know his former team and with his current team. You got the Kelseys going after each other, which ironically, the both Kelseys went to Cincinnati, and that feels kind of a you know yeah. So, and I mean, and now you have the also the story of uh, first time in NFL history that two. Black quarterbacks will be facing off against each other in the Super Bowl. Mm, so that is true. Which, you know, people are like, oh, I'm surprised it's been, you know, that long. I'm like, well, 
I mean, honestly, if you look at history, like predominantly quarterbacks, been more of a, a spot for a white person, not saying there's anything wrong with it. I mean, obviously there are players, Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, Doug Williams, you know, uh, uh, Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon. There are black players who have transcended that spot at quarterback and have made it their own. I am also surprised that it just how it works out. But when a majority of the league is white quarterbacks and there's maybe only what, probably I'd say maybe like eight, eight or 10, maybe yeah, like a handful, a a handful. And the rest of them are all, of course, that's how it's going to be. It's just, it's just luckily you got the two teams in that you wanted to. You obviously could have had, you know, if he was, if it's Bengals Niners, it's Purdy versus, well, depending, well, he's injured right now. He's got a UCL injury, but it would be Purdy against Burrow potentially. And those are two white quarterbacks. So it's just, it's just how it worked out. Yeah. I have no problem with it either way. It's I, I don't have a team that I'm rooting for. I don't care who wins. I'm rooting for the commercials for the <laughs> halftime show and eating a lot of junk food and just hopefully hanging out with with good people. Yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah, I mean that's really what it's all about. Just, Once your team isn't in anymore, I just want to no see stress. a good game. I don't want to see, you know, a beatdown where they won by like 30 points. Like that's not fun to me. I want to be able to watch a back and forth game like last year where, you know, the Rams looked like they were going to win, but the Bengals made it closely and the Bengals looked like they were going to win and the Rams scored late. I think with like within like the last minute or so to win, and I was like, "All right, at least, at least it was a good game." That's all I'm asking for is a good game. I don't care who wins. Yeah, I I don't have a like for either one of these teams, and I respect what Patrick Mahomes has done as a quarterback, and I respect his, um, you know, on the field play and his his toughness as far as playing through the high ankle sprain that he had. But as far as like his brother goes, which I know he's toned it down a bit, and his wife, I watched a couple of their videos on. Uh, on on uh Twitter, it they're just obnoxious. And <laughs> and Philly fans in general are obnoxious. You're all a good bunch. I I will give this to Philly fans. They are some of the most diehard sports fans yeah. out there. But there are Philly fans that I've seen that have crawled into, you know, Patriot fans mentions going, Oh, now we're gonna be a dynasty and we're gonna be better than Boston sports. So <laughs> pump the brakes. If we look right now, the Sixers haven't done anything. The Flyers haven't won the Stanley Cup since like the seventies. Like, let's just chill out. And yeah, okay, the Eagles beat the Patriots a couple of years ago. Big whoop de do. And they know, and, and you know with any team, they can go through, through highs and lows. And the Phillies were terrible for a long time, and they just made the playoffs, and they made the World Series last year, but they still lost. Yeah. If you're going to talk about being the new team and, like, the new city that wins championships, you you got to win the championships. Yeah. If If the Flyers were a good team, and if the, you know— you're good, you're good. If the Sixers were, you know, a good team, like, they are a good team, but the Sixers are just one of those teams that are just there. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, you get a first round, you get by the first round usually, and then you get to the second round, and then you lose, or you get to the third round and you lose. Usually it's the second round. Yeah. And the Flyers haven't been good for a long time, so. That is true, yeah. And, yeah, and that's the thing, like, with any of these teams that, you know, like, you, know, like you were saying, you know, they want to become a dynasty, but... In reality, in order to become a dynasty, like you said, they have to win. It's not easy. It, and it's not easy to do that, you know, especially with other teams like Kansas City and, you know, the, 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 it's not going to be a walk in well, the park. Well, Philadelphia has the benefit of being in the NFC. And the NFC, like we talked about before, is a little bit is weaker. Normally, like I said, for the last like dozen or so years, it's been the NFC that's been the the more, quote unquote, dominant conference. Yeah. Because there were so many better teams, you know, that's why people complain about the Patriots. Like, oh, the Patriots don't play anybody because there's nobody else in that conference. And yeah, okay, I mean, the Patriots, if you look through, like, their record from when they had their big 20-year run, you play the same teams. I mean, you play the Texans, which was usually kind of like a layup, usually. Um, You play the Titans, you played, um, 
I think uh, I'm trying to think Jacksonville, uh, Steelers, Colts, Ravens. Uh, who else am I thinking of? I'm trying to think of other teams. Uh, Chiefs, Chargers, like Broncos, like, you know, it's, but some of those teams were good. But then, of course, the home field advantage thing we also talked about from before. You go, you go up to Foxborough and you're like this, you know, California team. You're not going to do well when it snows because you're not, because, you know, the, you know, the, the ball is a little bit harder to grip based on the fact that it's snowing or it's raining or something. It's yeah, there's science behind it. Right. Right. There is science behind it. There is science. There is science behind the fact that, you know, there were no deflated footballs because it's science. Science. Jesus. (laughs) I don't, I'm not even going to go down that path. That's opening up a can of worms. I don't want to open up. (laughs) Okay. It's not, no, I'm good. Um, but yeah, so Chiefs Bengals was a good game. It was a back and forth affair. Um, there were a lot of egregious calls that were made. The Chiefs apparently, from what I remember, got like four or five like downs. Not really sure how that happened. I guess there was a third down play. The referees were trying to whistle it to stop. And um the play happened anyway because the players didn't hear the whistle because it was so loud because Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City is one of the loudest stadiums. That in Seattle. Seattle's is built to be loud because of the way that the stadium is built. All the sound kind of like goes down into like a funnel. Oh, yeah. And it funnels all the sound into the field. And the Kansas City is kind of the same way. But their mm. decibel levels are – they've gotten up to like over like 100. Like it's loud. Ooh, wow. It can get really loud. They actually had a back and forth a couple of years ago where – one week Seattle had the record for the most the Guinness record for the loudest crowd. Then the week after Kansas City got it. And then I think Seattle took it back. I don't know who has it now, but it's been a back and forth. But yeah. um the, the, but they didn't hear the play. Or they didn't hear the whistle, sorry. Um the play went to go to fourth down, but then the referees were like, Nope, just kidding. It's third down. And the coach of the Bengals was like, What the fuck? Like we just stopped. Like there was no whistle. And the ref was like, No, there was a whistle, but nobody heard it. it was like, Well, that's not my problem. Like yeah, don't I mean don't let the play happen if there's a whistle. Right, there needs to be a better indication, like a hand goes up or something. Because yeah, they need to be waving that shit off, right? Because like, obviously that that looks shady. If you're trying to fix the game, you're making it look super shady. Oh yeah, I definitely blew the whistle, and that's in air quotes. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's unfortunate the way that the game ended. Like I said, um, Mahomes got knocked out of bounds. It got an extra fifteen yards and. You know, there were, like I said, there were other plays earlier in the game where a Bengals player got knocked out of bounds. I think it was Mixon. He got knocked out of bounds late. They didn't call a penalty on it. Hmm. So, I mean, I can understand, like, and it's one thing, too, if, like, if you're complaining about the game as a Bengals fan and people are like, oh, well, you're a Bengals fan. Of course, you're going to, you know, you're going to complain about it. But when, like, other teams' fans, like, the, like a couple of the Bruins games we've seen, when other teams' fans are like, that was a penalty or why wasn't that called? Like, that's ridiculous. And you're like, now, now, you now, see. <laughs> now I don't feel like a homer because everybody else agrees with me. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like vindication. Right. And like I said, too, I don't have – like I would have liked to see the Bengals win. It would have been cool to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl again. I don't care who wins. I just want to see a good game. I just want to see a game that's as fairly called down the middle. I understand that there's going to be calls here and there, and it's the same thing with any sport. The NHL, if, one, you know, if the Bruins are playing the Lightning and the Bruins get like three or four penalties consecutively – the refs at some point to try to make it look fair are going to call a penalty, even if it's like a cheap little egregious. Like y- you kind of nicked them, like you did pull it away, but we you kind of got you hooked them. We yeah. got to call you, and it's like you know it's you got to kind of balance it out. Yeah, but 
but and especially at that point of the game, you're letting a conference championship, a chance to go to the Super Bowl to be decided because of the fact that a younger player bumped into Mahomes, knocked him out of bounds late. Let's tack on 15 yards because they weren't in field goal range and now they are. I would have at least preferred for it to go to overtime. Now, is that common to add? Do, do the refs decide how many yards to add? Or no, is it's it... already predetermined. Oh, okay. It's already, right. yeah. All the penalties are predetermined based on, you know, most personal foul penalties are 15 yards. Um, holding calls are usually about 10, 5 or 10. There's offsides that are about 5, I think usually 5. Um, unsportsmanlike conduct is usually 15. And then the only one that's a lot would be the um, the pass interference call, which is a spot foul now. It used to be just 15 yards. Now it's a spot foul, which is why if you ever notice late in games, quarterbacks will try to heave the ball up to a receiver because if you're at your 30-yard line and you throw it to their 20-yard line and there's a pass interference call, you get to go from your 30 to their 20 just like that. Oh, just yeah. Just like that. So it's unfortunate the game ended that way. A good, you know, Like I said, a back-and-forth game between two good teams and – I mean, you know, some people say Cincinnati kind of had, you know, bad uh, bad juju or bad vibes going on because the mayor of Cincinnati has been running his mouth about, you know, the Chiefs not being able to beat the Bengals. And, yeah. And then I don't know if you saw this part, but Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs, the, the tight end, was like, yo, yo, mayor of Cincinnati. He's like, know your role and shut your mouth, you oh, jabroni. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Here we go. Bringing in wrestling stuff. Oh, boy. Yeah, I did see that. I was laughing when I was like, oh, man, bringing in the rock. Well, I mean, you run your mouth. That's what happens. So True. So the Chiefs have moved on. Um, they will battle the Eagles. Uh, 31-7, Eagles won. You know, it wasn't – it was obviously meant to be a good game, but when your third-string quarterback gets hurt in the first, you know, first quarter or whatever of the game or first half of the game, it's a difficult hill to climb and – you can ask any team if you're putting in your fourth string quarterback. <laughs> that's a, that's a tough thing to win an NFC Championship game against a pretty dominant Eagles team in Philadelphia. You're not going to win too many games, and no. unfortunately, the Niners' luck just kind of ran out on them. And it's unfortunate because they had a good year, but now the question's asked for the 49ers at least: Where do you go from here? I mean, you do have two young guys in um, Trey Lance and in Brock Purdy. That you're probably going to hold on to because they're on rookie contracts. Yeah, you've got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo who's probably coming off the who's coming off the books, so you're probably not going to resign him. I mean, do you do you make a phone call to the to the Packers and try to get you know trade for Aaron Rodgers? Do you do you, you know do you try to you know what what do you think as a as the Niners? What do you think your window is for a championship? Because obviously, mm-hmm. if you add. Not saying that Trey Lance and Brock Purdy couldn't run back and do it again, but if you have Aaron Rodgers. And he's throwing to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and he's got Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. You've got a solid defense. Same can be said for Tom Brady. If you get a older, established quarterback, but do you want to do that? Is the question. Yeah. So, a lot of questions to be answered in the offseason for a lot of different teams. Obviously, you know the Niners being one of them. Um, the Eagles, like I did tell you before when we did our predictions, I thought the Niners were make it here. I just I wasn't sure, and obviously the injury doesn't help, but. I wasn't sure how Purdy was going to do on the road against the good Eagles team in Philadelphia with the defense that they have. And yeah. It, it turned out to be right. Granted, like I said, he got injured, so he missed a good chunk of the game. And Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know if that would have made much of a difference anyways. No, but it's one of those things, too, where the Eagles are the kind of team, and if this, um, if this happens again in the Super Bowl, it could be interesting. But like they did the Giants, they piled on a bunch of points quickly, 
like it was seven, then it was 14, now it's 21, and now you're like, shit, now I'm in a hole. Now you as a team have to change your game and go from, okay, well, we're going to try to mix up the run and the pass where now we have to kind of throw the ball more because we have to get the ball down the field to score points. And yeah. the the Niners just couldn't couldn't do anything about it. And the Eagles took advantage of the situation and I, and my hat's off to him. I mean, obviously, if if that's my team, that's what I expect too. Yeah, and people can get upset. People used to get upset. About, oh, the Patriots didn't play this so and so because this quarterback was out. Hey, we play who we play. It sucks that this person's out, but there was a spin yeah. where the Patriots played with the uh, against the Steelers multiple times in either in a regular season or a playoff game. And at one point, the Steelers had their their three headed monster, the Killer Bees, which was Ben Roethlisberger. Le'Veon Bell, their running back, and Antonio Brown before he had his head injuries and stuff. Yeah. But there was always a time where either Ben was hurt, Bell was hurt, or Brown was hurt. The three of them were never together for a long period of time to play the Patriots. Yeah. And the Patriots' biggest thing for years has been, we're going to take away your best asset to your team. So if they, you know, if Bell's not there, if Bell gets hurt like he did one year in the AFC Championship game, he got hurt on like the first drive or two. And he was out for the rest of the game. Now the Patriots can just, okay, well, we don't have to worry about Bell now. Bell's out of the game. Now we can double or triple team Antonio Brown. Now we're going to make you try to beat us another way. And the Steelers couldn't do it, and the Patriots ended up winning. Yeah. So. Whereas, like, you know, right now, the Patriots didn't do any of that. (laughs) They did not play very smart this year. No, but a lot of people are optimistic about next year. I'm being one of them. This is definitely going to be the... uh, the make or break year for Mac, but you know, we'll leave that for a different day because that'll give us more content to talk about. True. But uh so as of right now, the Eagles are the early uh two point favorites to uh win the Super Bowl. Um and of course with the Super Bowl, the uh adventure to Arizona continues. Mm. And uh we will crown ourselves a new Super Bowl champion this year. Um I believe this is the second second or third time in five years, I think, that the Chiefs have been. And it's like the second time in five years, I think, that the uh, um, Eagles the Eagles have been. I think actually it might be second for both of them. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember. It might be. I don't remember off the top of my head. I should know these things, but I don't. <laughs> I should have done my homework. It's all right. Um, but what... Well, that's why this is an entertainment podcast, not a news podcast. Right. Right, exactly. So um, we're going to lay out some uh, some props for you. I mean, you know, you can always pick your own, but it's one of my favorite times of the year is to do the Super Bowl 57 or any Super Bowl prop bets. Um, so the first one we have set up, um, what will the first scoring play be? Kyle has gone for a Philadelphia touchdown. I have gone for a Kansas City touchdown. That one, I guess, kind of bases it off of... Who gets the ball first and who... Not necessarily. I mean, yes, but... If Philadelphia gets the ball first, but Kansas City gets a pick six, that's technically a touchdown for Kansas City. So that is true. Um, you've picked uh, your final score to be 32 28 for the Fly Eagles Fly. I'm sticking with my 38 34 Kansas City prediction because that's when I picked when we did the uh, the predictions a couple weeks ago, and I've had everything right so far. So yeah. if it ain't broke, don't break it. Yes. Um, you've picked heads for the coin toss, I took tails. You took uh, Blue Gatorade to be dumped on the coach or team of the winning team. Um, I took Orange. Uh, you've got uh, Miles Sanders from the Eagles as your MVP. I'm taking Travis Kelsey from the Chiefs as my MVP. Um, you have picked for the National Anthem to go over two minutes. It's being done by Chris Stapleton. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going under for the national anthem. Um, we're both at under nine and a half songs for Rihanna to play at the halftime show. The only thing with that is, which could be tricky, is what like also you have to do like what is considered a song. Well, like I'm saying though, that's what I'm. I don't know what that would be considered because there are times where they'll do, let's say. Um, a compilation of yeah, songs or like a mashup and it's yeah. like yeah 30 seconds to like a minute of a song so i don't know if it's a whole ass song it could be because they usually obviously drag the super bowl halftime show out for like a long time yeah so uh we'll see um you think the first uh super bowl commercial will be uh from budweiser i'm gonna go with chevrolet uh you also believe that uh the super bowl mvp will first thank the team and I think he's gonna. They, this particular individual is going to thank God. Okay. So we uh, we shall see. Um, definitely looking forward to the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're kind of talking Super Bowl right now, so I don't know if we're gonna have a Super Bowl episode on Super Bowl Sunday next week. Probably not. Yeah, because we're kind of just talking about it now. I mean, I'm not gonna. We'll probably have like maybe like a post sort of. Yeah, episode. we'll definitely have a post Super Bowl, of course, but. I mean, there's other stuff that we can work on. I mean, if people want to, you know, chime in and say, hey, we'd like some more Super Bowl content from you guys, then yeah, we'll give the the nation what they want. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, we'll probably just talk about it on the next show afterwards. Well, I mean, this is the part right now that sucks. I mean, you you have to wait now for two weeks and you have to listen to people bullshit for the next two weeks about, oh, how's this person doing and how's Mahomes' high ankle sprain and how does this person feel and... Blah blah blah, and it's it's all it's all just crap. Like and all these guys better be put in a bubble because if they get COVID, they're not on. The, they're not gonna be, not gonna be on the field. I, I don't think that any of these people are gonna get COVID at this point. They could, but everybody's getting sick, man. Well, I'm I'm sure I'm not sure what their plans are, but you know, yeah. At least just uh, take your vitamins, say your prayers, stay indoors in a bubble. All right, Hogan. Let me tell you something, brother. Speaking about Hogan quickly. Well, actually, trans- Good transition. We'll transition to wrestling quickly, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he recently had back surgery, and the surgery has now made him unable to feel his legs because of the nerves. Hogan. Hogan, really? Yeah. He doesn't have any feeling in his legs. Was this after? Or in his left leg, I think was. It was this after he was on, was he on Royal Rumble? No, he was on uh, Raw 30. Raw 30. It's around that time, yeah. Oh, okay. Because they came out and talked about it. I don't remember if it was both legs or if it was just one leg, but they definitely talked about it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't, like I said, before we get to wrestling stuff, I don't really have anything else, you know, football related to say. I just honestly hope it's a good game. Well, it's that time of year where we're at the final two teams, and now we're going to have to wait till, uh, well, after Super Bowl, we're going to have to wait till, uh, what was it, uh, uh, September? No, no, probably, football talk, August? probably, no, 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 probably like spring. Spring? Oh, because of all the, the, the Well, the NFL draft camps. will be coming up, and we're talking about. On the training camp for the NFL draft, free agency, obviously, you know, they're going to be new faces in new places, so. Yeah, yeah. Does Brady retire? Does he go to a new team? I heard something the other day about how he potentially just closed on a house in Vegas and that he's going to go play for the Raiders next year. So, uh. I don't know. I, I don't know. So, there's a lot of, but, you know, it, there's a lot of speculation. Like I said, there's a lot to talk about, so. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and I won't, I, I'll be honest with everyone here. I don't think that I could sit here and talk for 45 minutes or an hour about the Super Bowl again. I mean, I could go super in-depth about it, but I feel like you get too much into the numbers 
that just starts to kind of bore me. Like, you know, and yeah. it's the same repetitive thing over and over again. Like, you know, okay, well, there's, you know, there's this potential storyline and there's this story. Listen, it's going to be the Andy Reid slash Kelsey Bowl. It's going to be played in Arizona. It's the two number one seeds from each individual conference. It should be a banger of a game. I hope it is. I'm going to enjoy it with where and with who, whoever. I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. We might be going somewhere. I might just stay home and watch it. I don't. Yeah. Everything's up in the air right now. I don't. I don't. Like I said, I do not have a preference on who wins. Because either way, you're going to have to deal with some type of obnoxious fan base. (laughs) So. Fair enough. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess technically like Kansas City. I guess they technically just have the one team because they don't. Oh, they have the Royals, I suppose. But and the Royals are just kind of meh. But outside of that, like, yeah, yeah. So, but um, yeah. So uh, a- along with um, you know, Championship Sunday that happened this past week or last week, I guess when this episode comes out, there was the wrestling and there was the Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble. from the Alamo Dome. I don't know why I'm talking like. Um, <clears throat> A French uh, character. What was it? Mr. Pepper. Mr. Salt. Mr. Salt. Mrs. Pepper. Yeah. From where? Blue's Clues. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing like Beauty and the Beast. No, no, I'm not doing Lumiere. I could Lumiere. do Lumiere too. <laughs> that, is, that is a very good mademoiselle. <laughs> Be our guest. Um, so um, to break it down quickly for you. Break it down. Break it down. Uh, Cody Rhodes won the Men's Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble, becoming the fourth person now. Which, by the way, I don't know if you caught that. Michael Cole did acknowledge there have been four people to win the Royal Rumble from the number one spot. Yeah. And that would be Edge, Shawn Michaels, Rhea Ripley, and Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't him forever. Hey, listen. I understand you don't want to talk about Chris Benoit based on the fact that, like, what he did wasn't, you know, a good thing. Obviously, it's not. To have the situation that happened, if you don't know about it, look it up. I don't want to go into detail about it. But Paul Heyman put it best because I guess he was doing some type of – I don't know if you've seen the interview before. But he had an interview, and this guy kept saying that Benoit was my boy. He's like, oh, that's my boy. That's my boy. And the guy was like, listen. Paul Heyman goes, listen, as far as a wrestling talent – Phenomenal. One of the best I've ever seen. As far as a human being, he goes, I don't want to hear about concussions. I don't want to hear about CTE. He had a choice. He goes, two, there was two, there are three people in that house. Two of those people did not have a choice. Yeah. Two of those people did not get to, to choose whether they lived or whether they died. One person had a choice to do it. They made that choice. Yeah. So yeah. he goes, as far as a wrestler goes, Chris Benoit, great. As part of as a human being, fuck him. So which yeah. I kind of agree with, which is true. You know, listen, I know it sucks to talk about it, and it's kind of a dark spot to talk about, but you can't not acknowledge his accomplishments in wrestling. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the same thing with, like, Owen Hart. Like, Owen Hart and, you know, between Owen Hart and Chris Benoit, those are two taboo words that are not allowed on WWE TV or anywhere around it. Yeah, and that's the one thing about, like, those sort of situations is that it's sad, but... You can't erase a person like that, especially when they had such a big contribution to the the business. Right. I mean, and obviously, you know, it's obviously, you you know, there are parts, I think, that the of the network that they're trying to, like, cut, like, Benoit matches or Benoit segments out. But. But he was part of major storylines. Well, Christ, I mean, he won. He won in 2004, the Royal Rumble. He went on and, you know, took care of the championship at WrestleMania that year. So. Yeah. There's no way you can delete him out of the history. Right. 
You know, and like whereas, you said, whereas if you look at the flip side, someone like Eddie Guerrero, who had a history of issues and drug problems, he's celebrated because he had a drug problem, he had a heart attack, and he died. Yeah, like, but because he didn't hurt anybody else, right? Well, I mean, he did, but just not like physically, like emotionally, he hurt other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what drugs can do Again, to you. Oh, they're can of worms. Open it. I'm just saying that they did acknowledge the whole four people. They usually just do three, or they'll be like, "Oh, Ray Mysterio." They're like, "Oh, there's only like two people in history." I'm like, "No, there's three. Don't acknowledge. <laughs> don't forget the other person." Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Cody and Rhea won their Royal Rumbles respectively. Uh, by the way, a, a fine performance by uh, Gunter. Gunter, who came in at number one and lasted 70 minutes, the longest that anyone's ever lasted in a regular Royal Rumble. Not yeah. a greatest Royal Rumble. I don't believe the WWE even counts that as a Royal Rumble. That's a bunch of fucking... It's, yeah, it's bullshit. Bullshit is what it is, yeah. Um, the pitch black match was more of a glow-in-the-dark match, which, honestly, yeah. you know, first off, let me just say this. Mountain Dew pitch black, it's delicious. It's easily top five of my favorite Mountain Dew flavors, which I know there's not too many out there, but... Yeah, no, it is very good. I was very impressed. Yeah, same here. I didn't have a... F- I had very low expectations. I wasn't sure what to expect, and... It's actually very good. So I was listening to one of the podcasts that I listened to, um, and one of the guys has a hot take that Bray Wyatt has become quickly overrated. Um, A little bit. I will say I don't like the way they did the storyline. Like, it was kind of stupid. Yeah. Like, you, you made this big, grandiose return back when? Like when the hell did he come back? Survivor Series? Something like that? Uh, Survivor Series or whatever the last pay per view and just no, it's been it was before December pay per view, so it was like Survivor Series. I thought or SummerSlam. I thought it was SummerSlam. Might have been SummerSlam, but that's what I'm saying. It's SummerSlam, and now he's just having his first match. Like you're dragging this out. Like how long are you going to be able to stretch Armstrong? This yeah, people are getting tired of like you know right. Like you could have you know give give better you know let's let's have a scenario where like okay. LA Knight loses, and instead of, you know, stunt Uncle Howdy jumping off the fucking thing, and by the way, people did say he completely missed LA Knight. He uh, was in the vicinity of LA Knight, but as far as jumping and landing on him, he did not. I would have rather <laughs> had a storyline where Uncle Howdy was in the middle of the ring, if Bray, he came up behind Bray, he looked at Bray, he nodded at him, grabbed Bray, hit him with his sister Abigail, and then Uncle Howdy revealed that he was fucking Bo Dallas. Give me something. Yeah. But you didn't give me anything. And then what did you do after that? So think about it this way, logically, right? With the way the matches went. The pitch black match happens. The Mountain Dew pitch black match. Sorry. <laughs> that happens. Uncle Howdy essentially just destroys um, LA, Knight. LA Knight by going through the uh, the makeshift crash pad thing that he missed there. Yeah. And then within the next match with Alexa Bliss, they're showing the same spooky Alexa stuff that they've already showed before on Raw. Where are you going with this? Give me... You literally just saw this man jump off and, like, destroy another human. Why is he now suddenly okay? And he's like, are you in control? Are you in control? I don't... <laughs> you're confusing me as a wrestling fan. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, they need to get that a little bit more clear. Get the, get the wheels start to, to turn it. I would have preferred... I would have preferred to see an Alexa turn at Royal Rumble to give yeah. me something. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, with those sort of situations... So, uh, don't, and don't get me wrong, we love a good long storyline like the Bloodline. I mean, it's a great storyline. That's the difference right there. That's a good storyline compared to the Bray Wyatt storyline. Yeah, because if you're going to do it, make and on top of that, I, don't get me wrong, I like L.A. Knight. I love him. I think he's fantastic. But I don't think the matchup between L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt was a good one. No. Because L.A. Knight is more of like this like boisterous, loud, you know, 
the rock type sort yeah. of character. Yeah. Yeah. But like they they needed really somebody that had that could express more f- maybe like fear, more emotion. Right. Similar to kind of how do you remember the feud between the New Day and the Wyatts? Yeah. Where like um Xavier Woods was like terrified of Bray Wyatt. Like every time he saw him, like he'd be like legitimately scared. Yeah. And then he was like, I gotta face my fear. We're gonna go to the Wyatt compound. We're gonna beat up the Wyatts. Yeah. Right. That was a decent storyline. Right. Something like that where you're like, there is genuine fear. Whereas, you know, LA and I mean, I kind of understand like LA Knight, like the whole like kind of cocky, like kind of something like with like if LA Knight was like dealing with the Undertaker. Yeah. Like if Prime Undertaker was around and Undertaker was doing all these spooky bollocks. Where like he's shooting lightning out of his hands and the ring is like exploding and stuff like that. And LA Knight's like, You're not gonna fucking scare me. Like I'm not as scared of this shit. Yeah. But then you know. But the the problem is, is that the 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 payoff wasn't there. No, the payoff was not as good as it should have been. It yeah. was it went from <laughs> Bray, they they said that Bray Wyatt had a white substance on, on him. I'm not gonna specify what that substance was, but that was <laughs> The face paint, yeah. No. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to specify, but if you put two and two together, yeah. <laughs> but then after the match, he went and got, like, some new, like, different mask. And I'm like, what is fucking happening right now? Like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense to me. And then it was, you know, oh, you can just keep kidding, hitting me with the glow-in-the-dark kendo stick, and I'm just going to keep coming at you until, you know, I destroy you. And then Uncle Howdy, like, just signals down. And I don't... It was, weird. And that was also the problem with that, that, that scene, too, was that because it was in like a the the blue light there you couldn't, couldn't see shit you couldn't see shit and like i told you any of those people that were sitting there you're sitting there one minute and you see this thing just fall and then there's this big explosion and fire and you would be like what the what the fuck what the on? hell was that <laughs> exactly i was scared that would have scared the shit out of me yeah i wasn't expecting that so i'll say this the two rumble matches were great we'll get to the main event in a minute the two rumble matches were great that brings the show up a bit the women's match and the pitch black match brings the show down. So yeah. I would probably, like I said before, I'd probably put the show at like a B, B minus. Yeah. I don't think it gets up higher than that. I agree. Um, And then if you get to the, uh, the main event match, Roman Reigns defending his, you know, his nearly over two and a half or two year or two and a half year title reign against KO for now the third time. Um, it was basically just, you know, Roman, it was Sammy with him, and it was uh, Heyman, the uh, wise man. Good back and forth match. You got to the point where um, KO looked to have the match won, but of course the ref is down. Um, and then Roman ends up just smacking his head a couple times in the back of the stairs. And I thought the, I thought the finish was kind of lame. I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean... Because, you know, obviously it was building up towards the ending, which we'll get to in a sec. Yeah. But it was like, oh, I can't put him away, so I'm going to spear him. Like, the spear through the um, the barricade was great. Yeah. That was good. That was good stuff. But then, like, the the stairs thing was, like, unnecessary. I feel like you didn't need it. Well, that was the whole point, like you said, building up to what happened at the very end. Because you could see on the face of Sammy, he was kind of, like, looking at Roman like, whoa, like, this is not what I signed up for. Right. You know, right, and it just—I didn't like the fact that like he got slammed, like he he put him through the barricade, he speared him through the barricade, he took KO's head and smacked it or slammed it up against twice against the stairs, threw him back in the ring. Uh, KO kind of defiantly got up and like slapped him or hit him or whatever. Roman th- hit him with a spear, and that was it. 
And I was just kind of like, that's kind of like anticlimactic. Like, yeah, I would have at least liked something where like he put him through the barricade, threw him back in the ring to go to pin him. KO gets out of it. KO goes for a stunner. He gets hit with a Superman punch or a spear or KO goes for a pop up powerbomb. But Roman gets out of it. And when he comes down from the powerbomb, he comes down and fine. Give me something. Uh, I will say this. At least it was a spear and it wasn't a fucking lame-ass guillotine chokehold. Choke yeah. I can't stand that. Like, it's just, oh, I'm just going to slowly wear you down and I'm going to choke you. Like, that's... Yeah, that's it, never a good effective finisher. Effective move, yes. In is real it a life. Good, is it a good finisher? Not really. Yeah, yeah. And I thought about this the other day, too. You ever think about how there's only so many moves you can do, right? So there are some moves that are, like, casual moves for some people. And then those casual moves are also finishers for other people. You ever think about that? Yeah. Like just because oh, they do it the best. Well, if, if they do it the best, or they that's like best. or what they've you know deemed as like their finisher or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, like let's say I don't know. Let's say for example, let's say for example, like uh, let's say Mustafa Ali does the four fifty splash. Well, that's just a regular move for him. But now uh, Ricochet does it, and it's the 450 splash, but it's like the Ricochet splash. Like, like it's the same move, it's yeah. just named. Well, or think called- about how many times that they've done that with the spear. No, that's true. You know? I mean, how many people have the spear? But Goldberg, the, but Edge. The, but the spear is the spear, I mean. Yeah, but the, yet again, some people use it as just a regular move, right. and then other people use well, it. Well, and I- then I guess you could categorize... Let's say like stunners or something. Stunners and cutters are pretty much the same thing. So you've got the diamond cutter, the Cody cutter. You've got the stone cold stunner that Austin does. You have the stunner that McMahon does, Vince McMahon. Yeah. You have the stunner that KO now does. Um, I think Santino did a stunner at one point or somebody. Like there are just different variations. And obviously, like I said, there's only so many moves. But yeah. I thought that was funny the other day. I was thinking to myself, I was like, some moves for people are regular, but other moves are like their finisher. And it, that move has more oomph because that's the finishing move. But this move is like, oh, oh, you hit him with a super kick. No big deal. Shawn Michaels hits you with a super kick and that's the end of the match. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's funny to think like, because everybody yeah. does a super kick. I mean. Yeah. And that, but that's the thing. That's why they're like, the whole idea of that is like, they do it the best. So, yeah. you know, whatever it is, they put more force into it. They, whatever. That's, that's true. There's yeah. more, there's more hype around it. Yeah. It yeah. makes more sense. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so we get to the end of the match. Um, Roman wins. And then, of course, the storyline continues where the um, the New Day, oh, the New Day, I'm sorry, the Usos come out with Solo Sokoa. They start beating on Kevin Owens, and Sammy and Roman are just kind of standing in the corner with Paul Heyman. And Sammy's watching as, like, the last little, you know, uh, memory of him and his buddy or his friendships together. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the interesting part of it is where – you know, basically telling Sammy, like, you know, you need to do this. Like, you know, I'm not going to do it. You, you need do to, it. You need to KO, KO once and for all. Get rid of the KO problem, right? Yeah. So, and the, inter- the most interesting line out of that whole thing was him saying, you want to go back to that jackass shit. Yeah. Because it, at one point, he was at, like... the That was that was last year. Yeah. That was last year. He was the comedy gimmick, you know? Right, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so they, they beat down... You know, Kevin Owens, then they grabbed handcuffs and kind of had him in like, it wasn't necessarily like a crucifix position, but it had the feeling of that because he had one hand handcuffed on one side and it wasn't like his two hands were together. Like he was, he was, yeah, spaced where he was spaced out and he took probably what I'd say at least eight to 10 super kicks. Yeah. Some of them back and forth and then some of them that were combined. Yeah. 
And then Roman grabbed the chair to try to finish the job, which I feel like when you got to that point, you kind of knew that something was going to happen because unless KO's like back was to them, like you're not going to hit KO in the head with the chair because headshots aren't allowed anymore. Yeah. And this was attitude error. Absolutely. Headshots are allowed. Because yeah. They just didn't, they didn't know back then. It wasn't that they didn't care. They didn't know. But you know, you, you kind of figure something was going on. And then obviously Sammy steps in and was like, this is enough. You don't have to do this. You're right. I don't have to, you can do it. Yeah, And then, of course, it has to be, like, the loudest pop I've ever heard from a crowd. I don't remember a time recently where the crowd was that loud. The only thing I can think of off the top of my head, maybe when the Hardy Boys came back at WrestleMania, like, three or four years ago, as yeah. the mystery tag team. Also, when the Shield broke up, yet again, the idea, going back to Roman Reigns, when the Shield broke up and they, Seth hit... It was the same kind of chair shot, yeah. Yeah, and that the, the crowd popped heavily for that. Well, the crowd didn't pop necessarily for the Shield thing. It was more of like a shock thing. Because uh, they didn't... Because obviously the Shield was... They were faces, and they didn't expect, you know, Seth Rollins to turn. I think it was more a shock. Like, oh, like, shit, like, that happened. Like, people were like, you know, come on, Sammy. Like, you can't get pie-faced and punked out by Roman. And the fact that he did it. And yeah. then, of course, the, the tremendous storytelling slash acting... From, you know, Sammy hitting him and everyone being like, oh, shit, like he just did that. And then him and Jay and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Jay's like, what you doing, man? Come on, you're supposed to be my brother, man. What you doing? And then the other part that I don't know if you caught. So Jay um, Jay and Sammy are talking. Jimmy super kicks Sammy. And he's like, would you talk about him being his your, your brother? He's like, I'm your brother. And I was like, well, technically he is. And they... And then Jay just stands in the corner, like, completely, like, distraught. Like, he doesn't know what to do while the rest of them just beat up on, you know, Sammy. And then he gets out of the ring. And now it seems like from his Instagram or whatever, that he's just out of the bloodline. So the question that I have now to you is, where do they go with the tag titles? Because a lot of people seem to think it's going to be the Usos against Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens for the titles. Because I don't think ain't, I don't think they've won the tag titles before. And that would yeah. be the payoff at WrestleMania. Because... I don't think Sammy's they're going to give Sammy the title or a title. That would be what they could do is give Sammy a title, but I feel like the titles are I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this. Um I I mean, I have a feeling that the storyline is going to push further. Um and it's going to be kind of like a sort of like, you know, Jimmy and Jay trying to bring back their fractured now because of this. They're going to try to bring it back and kind of, kind of like, you know, work on themselves, but it's not really going to work. Well, I don't, I don't know what you do though. Like I said, because like, oh, well, I think it's going to be because, Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos. At, well, there, but there's a fracture right now, right? So, and you have to think about this too. It took Jay longer to accept Sammy than it did Jimmy, and Jimmy and Sammy always had that, you know, that crazy high five that they do or whatever. Yeah, and. They even showed the end of the show, like, Solo, like, because they were talking about, they showed Roman talking to Solo when they were walking back. Yeah. And he said something to Solo, like, this is war now, like, this is what they're going to get. And Solo wasn't as intense, like, Solo's kind of like, he's kind of crazy. So I'm interested to see maybe if the fall of Roman Reigns happens, that he's he thinks that he's so powerful that the rest of the bloodline just means, like, you know what, fuck it, you're on your own now. Like, Jay kind of shows, because if you think about it from... Uh, a, like a a human standpoint as far as the two like yeah it took longer for Jay to accept Sammy but people were saying that Jay was having flashbacks and PTSD from when 
he like when he was like the first like when the bloodline first started. Yeah, he experienced he, that himself. And, yeah, and he stood up to Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns was like, "What you gonna do about it?" And then you know when Jay got beat up, and Jimmy tried to help his brother and all this stuff. So I could definitely see within between now and Mania, where you know Roman thinks he's all powerful, the bloodline just completely dissolves. And like Solo's like, I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. And Jay and Jimmy like leave and they're not dealing with it anymore. And then it's just Roman and maybe Paul Heyman by himself against uh, against uh, Cody Rhodes. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. I which, mean, which could be. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see. I was hoping there was going to be something on on Monday, but there wasn't. So we'll. They're see. making you wait till Friday. Maybe maybe longer. We'll see. I don't know, but. I mean, it's. It, I, I think it's a great storyline because, yet again, it leaves you wondering what's going to happen. Right, and it's it's keeping me invested. Like normally, I wouldn't. You know, I would have watched the pay per view and I'd have been like, "Yeah, all right, I'll catch the highlights of Raw, whatever." I legitimately sat and watched a whole Monday Night Raw. I did Raw. I did it for Raw Thirty, but that was because it was Raw Thirty, and I knew there was going to be, you know, and even next week, like next week's show, if you've seen it, it's it's stacked. Like, you know, you've got the um, you've got the uh. The elimination match that's going to happen, the four-way between the females. You've got the cage match between Bailey and Becky. You've uh, got um, two more qualifying matches. There's a lot of good shit coming up. Yeah. So. And yet again, going back to, to what happened, it's it's honestly, the change has been refreshing. Yeah. It's Triple H has been putting in work in that creative aspect, and that's what gets the fans invested. Right. You know? Well, I, you know, you're not hearing stories about, you know— Triple H coming in and then like ripping up the raw script or whatever it was for like, you know, like, you know, like an hour before the show starts and you're like, write it again. Like, you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's important that these stars kind of feel comfortable knowing what they're going to do. Right. You don't want to just, that was the problem that WCW had towards like the tail end of their run or whatever, or when they started to have their decline. And there have been people that were interviewed saying like, you know, Show's going to be on air in 15 minutes, and they go to Eric Bischoff. What are we doing? Oh, I don't know. I haven't thought of it yet. Well, you better think of something quick. We're going on air live in 15 minutes. You don't have anything fucking written up. What are we doing? Give me me some direction. Let me know what I have to do. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like The the more these stars think about what they're going to do, be able to do in the ring or verbally, the better it is for them. Exactly. You know, you, you give them that time to let it soak in. This is my character. This is what I'm doing. This is, you know, and on top of that, you let give them free reign to do what they want to do in, in terms of their own creative aspect and creative spin on it. Right. So, so, so yeah, so pretty good storylines going forward. Um, we have um, an interesting development. Now, normally you would have thought maybe there would be a six-man elimination chamber match to determine the number one contender at some point for Roman Reigns, but... As someone said, it doesn't seem to make any sense because Cody just was, was in the Royal Rumble against, well, technically not 29 guys. Mm-hmm. He also, I let's get back to that for a second too. Cody came in out and was like, oh, I outlasted 29 people. No, you did not. Yeah. You did not outlast. Rhea Ripley, she outlasted 29 other people. You, sir, came in at number 30. Well, that was the commentary too on uh, Monday night when they were talking. They said, uh, Rhea Ripley literally lasted, outlasted 29 other superstars. And I said, I, when he said the word literally, I laughed because I'm like, yeah, literally. Literally outlasted. <laughs> you can't come in at number 30 and then be like, oh, it was a struggle when you had to fight somebody 
who had been in the match for 70 minutes. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Well, that's like Finn when he was talking on Monday night was saying like, you know, you come in at number 30. Yeah. And you think that you have such a hard time. Like you had a hard road. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. no. By the way, you got to throw out a shout out too for um, Liv Morgan because she was at number two and she was the last one eliminated. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, so the chamber match actually this year, there's going to be two. One's going to be for the U.S. title, which I think is great to try to elevate that title and make it somewhat more meaningful yeah so um right now obviously theory is already in there based on the fact that he's champion adding in as of this past week's raw seth rollins johnny gargano and bronson reed which i think is a pretty good uh trio so far um and then there'll be two more names and that'll be either decided you have uh montez ford and elias i think elias will probably take that one and then i think damian priest will take out um angelo dawkins so that that should definitely be a good match. Anytime as a chamber match, it's going to be a good match. So oh yeah, yeah. And then the uh, the women's chamber match to decide the number one contender for Raw. Um, my early pick right now is probably Oscar. Yeah. If you have an Oscar Bianca match at WrestleMania, I mean Raquel would be all right too, but I just don't see Raquel yet. And there's th- those two other spots, too. I mean... Well, yeah. I mean, well, one of them... So right now, we know Raquel, Asuka, Liv, and Nikki Cross are all in the women's match. Um, a returning Carmella, uh, Piper Niven, who once was uh, Dewdrop. Yeah. Uh, Candice LeRae and Minchin, also known as Mia Yim. Yeah. I could um, also see Candice LeRae winning it. Yeah, she could. But, I mean, like I said before, you want to probably have a good mix of, like, face and heel. Yeah. So I feel like... Either Piper will probably get in or Carmella. Yeah. I, I would say this. I don't see how Carmella doesn't get in only because she just returned and they're, you know, why would you bring her back if she wasn't going to be at least in the match? That's true. Yeah. But maybe, maybe you do put Piper in. I don't know if Piper is going to be deemed heel or face, but sometimes you put that, you know, I won't say giant, but more of the, you know, the, the you know, like if you had a match, you put like the big show or Omos in, you've got like this, you know, overpowering person who will be difficult to eliminate, and then they're, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that, too. I mean, early early predictions for WrestleMania, at least in my eyes. Obviously, you got Cody Roman. You've already got Rhea Charlotte. Those are already booked. Um, it'll probably be, I like I said, I think it's going to be Asuka and Bianca. That I think that would be a good match. Yeah. Um, KO and Sammy against the Usos, or maybe it's Jey Uso and Solo. Maybe they do a Freebird rule where... But the Usos also are the longest-running tag team, so I don't know how they get the belts off of them or what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, that could be the way they split the titles, is saying, you know, Jey says, I'm I'm tag team champion, kind of like, you know, going... Oh, with Daniel Bryan and Kane? Yeah, I'm a tag team champion. No, I'm a tag team champion. So, Jay goes by himself and has the Raw titles, and then... Yeah, but then you'd have to have a tag team partner for those, so do they lose those titles? Well, they maybe just split up and do... Like you said, Jimmy goes with Solo, and Jay maybe goes with somebody else, and they split the titles up and say, well, you're each a tag team title holder, and you don't know what to do here, so we're gonna say, okay, you take a title, you take a title. don't forget, too, and that's another thing that could happen, there's a... Um, a finals match coming up between Ricochet and Braun against Imperium, and the winner of that match gets a tag team title match. So I wouldn't be surprised if Imperium won and Imperium went to fight whomever. Mm. But I, I don't know. It's it's if that's, it, the, if that's the case, then then the Imperium's probably taking on 
what maybe um, Sheamus and Drew or the Brawling Brutes, probably Sheamus and Drew. Yeah. So it'd be probably Sheamus and Drew against Imperium for the tag team titles. Or I heard um, Gunther against um, against um, uh, Sheamus in a singles match again and let Sheamus win the IC title, let him have his his last title that he hasn't won in the company. That is true, yeah. So and there's then, a lot of lot of different factors. Right. And then of course not to mention that, you know, Edge is back. So Edge will probably have a match against Finn Balor yeah. at some point at the for the pay-per-view. Uh Pat McAfee came back, which apparently, like you told me, nobody knew about. Nobody knew. At least the commentary team didn't know, which I think is great. That's those are the pops that Royal Rumble because obviously he came out and you know, Corey Graves is going like, oh, this is great. I'd rather have a root canal. And he was like, do you know anything about this? And Michael Cole's like, no, I didn't know anything about this. And <laughs> you could see the the genuine, like, childlike look on, you know, Michael Cole's face. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to have you back. And it seems like Pat's going to go back to um, SmackDown, to SmackDown, which I don't know if that moves Barrett back to NXT and that gets Booker T off commentary. Cause- oh, thank God. <laughs> That's the case. Thank God. <laughs> no disrespect to Booker T. I just... No. Booker T's a great wrestler, but he is horrible on the mic. Not a good talker. No. Not a good talker. If he's doing pre-show, that's fine. Which, by the way, uh, WWE, hopefully for WrestleMania's sake, could we get a couple pre-show matches? Yeah. You couldn't give me one pre-show match at Royal Rumble? You had to talk for the entire hour? I don't want to hear Jerry the King Lawler trying to make all of his crummy jokes. Like A lot of them are good. Okay, I'll give him that. But there are some where it's just kind of like, ugh. Yeah. They're like Cesaro dad jokes. They're not. You're just like, <laughs> really? Really right now? Like I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not so, okay with so that. Yeah. So, uh, Edge is back, Pat's back, uh, Carmelo came back, Rick Boogs, Rick Boogs. But I, like I said, I would have liked for Boogs to be on SmackDown because Corey Graves didn't really seem to care that Boogs was there. And even if you don't pair him with Shinsuke, which is fine, have Boogs come back out because if you would have been like Rick Boogs is coming out, and all of a sudden Pat would have been like Boogs is back, and Pat would have been like there and even dancing been, on the table, dancing and on the table, and rocking out and stuff, and. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I, I'm happy to see that Boogs is back because I do like Boogs, but they brought him back in such a weird way. Like it was like, here, here's Boogs for you. Like, yeah, eh. hey, there's been someone knocking down my door all day. Hey, Miz, I know you're in this fancy double-breasted suit, but you're gonna fight Boogs. Boogs. It's like okay. It be it would have been something else if like like if the lights went out and then like. Um, you know, like Elias or whatever, like Elias, like let's say like Elias was out there and he's doing his guitar thing. And all of a sudden, like you just hear like this, like this louder guitar going down and you hear <laughs> and you're like, wait, what is that? And he stops. And all of a sudden the lights just flash over, like the spotlight flashed over and there's boogs at like the entrance thing or whatever. And he's just like, are you ready to rock? And then Elias is like, wait a minute, what are you doing? I'm doing my concert. And, ah, I don't care about your concert. <laughs> my name is Rick. Boogs, and then you know, yeah, that's that's what I would have done personally. Like you said, it was kind of just like, here's Boogs, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. like I'm happy to see Boogs back, but okay, like so. you, I I know they do that too because they like they're like, hey, the the Monday after Raw, like the the because they don't want to make it a surprise, but they're like, right, okay, here here's Boogs right. for you, it's or like, if they would have had if Boogs ready to go. Why wasn't Boogs one of the first entrants into the Royal Rumble? Because that would have been a bigger pop, I think. Yeah. Because you could have had, you know, you could have had... Um, Royal Rumble! Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You've you've set it up right there. Yeah. Like, you imagine you heard that and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's Boogs. It's Boogs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alamo Dome, are you ready to rock? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it would have been smarter to do it that way, but yet again, they, they have their own hey, ways of doing I'll things. I'll say this. The first two entrants that they had were Seamus and, and Gunther, and that was fine with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Between the two of them, it was very good. So so that's, that's basically all we've got. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, we're finishing up the adventure to Arizona, and we are on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. Which WrestleMania is where this year? It's in LA. LA. It's, it's in Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, yeah, I can't think of a clever, clever thing off the top of my head. Um, For what? Oh, here we go. The Crusade to California. There crusade you go. Crusade to California. We're oh going on the God. Crusade to California <laughs> <laughs> to determine these. Uh... Um, before we go though, I think we've answered this question before. But I'm going to ask you again: Do you like? The two nights spaced out, or do you like just one night of WrestleMania? I, I go ahead. I was gonna say I like the two nights because it gives more opportunity for more matches and yeah, people to be kind of showcased a little bit. Yeah, but in the same sense, it's a lot of WrestleMania. It is a lot of WrestleMania, it's but the other. But that being said, there was also times where WrestleMania started at like five, and it went to like midnight. And we're just sitting there for seven hours just watching match after match. At least with this, it starts at, like, you know, 8 o'clock or whatever, and it goes till 11 or 12, and it's broken up. So it's four hours one night and four hours another night. I can understand during, like, you know, um, pandemic times, that's kind of how it went down. But I don't know. I kind of like just having it be – and I know there's so much talent, and it's so hard to do. But, again, that's kind of why you have a pre-show you make a, you know, like you do the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal to give 20 or 30 people a chance to win. The thing that I don't like about the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, though, is I felt like for like when the first couple of years where they did it and they tried to make it feel special, like it was on the main show. Like, okay, Cesaro won the first one, so now we're going to try to, you know, um, we're going to try to elevate like this person, like kind of treat it like you know, winning a championship or winning Royal Rumble or something, like King of the Ring or something, where you're going to elevate this person to the next level. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, meh. Like, if you look at some, like, if I asked you right now, like, who the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winners are, it is... So I know a few of them. You could probably say, so there's um, the Braun Strowman, there's Big Show, because they wanted the two big men to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Cesaro, there's who's the other person i know there's somebody else that won. oh baron corbin mm-hmm. um you're missing a couple <sighs> ricochet no ricochet? there are, there are eight winners so the first winner was cesaro yeah then it was big show yeah then it was baron corbin yeah then it was mojo raleigh oh that's right mojo i forgot about mojo that was the year that Gronk got stopped by security, but didn't realize that Gronk was supposed to be in the match. Yes. Then it was Matt Hardy. Ah, uh, Then yeah. it was Braun Strowman. Then it was Jay Uso. Then it was Madcap Moss. So it it's not even like it's important now. Yeah. And and not to mention that it's gone from being on the main show to being on the pre-show to now being on the SmackDown before WrestleMania. <laughs> like this is supposed to be like. You're supposed to elevate this. like it's, Exactly. Like, this is supposed to be, I thought like it was supposed to be an important thing. I think it was one of those things where they said, you know what? We want to have his name thrown out there, but we, you know, like the, the, then Andre if you're the Giant. throw his name out, don't disrespect it. Yeah. They, they just wanted to have something called Andre the Giant. 
battle royale, and it, th- they didn't use anything. I will say, from what it, we obviously heard before about gimmick matches being taken away, like gimmick pay per views, like Hell in a Cell and Money in the Bank and stuff. Yeah. Hopefully, if that's the case, maybe we get a Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania this year, because that would be amazing. Well, honestly, that's what they should do. They should start the Money in the Bank at WrestleMania, right? So that way, you have the full year up until the next WrestleMania to use the be- the the the. Right, correct. I don't know why they decided. I understand why they decided to go f- away from that because it was its own pay per view and it was going to make its own money. Yeah. And it's one of the big five. Actually, I take that back. You probably are not going to get a Money in the Bank this year at WrestleMania because Money in the Bank is going to be in the UK. Yeah. This yeah. year. So maybe next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could certainly see something like that. Uh, it, it all just depends, you know. How are we doing on time? Uh, we are at exactly an hour. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Go ahead and read those off. I'll even uh, let you say the whole thing and the other... Uh, the other. I'm you're not, not even going to interrupt nope, me? not going to interrupt you. All right. We are the Wicked Case Podcast. We are streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Diesel! Tuner. You said you weren't going to do it. And wherever you get all major podcasts, as well as YouTube, audio only. Phone number 774-764-9074. Megan and Emily, I'm waiting to hear from you. Yes. Please call. Email the wicked ks at gmail.com. Websites are our web, our only website, www.thewickedks.com. We are on socials, Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter at thewickedks.com. And of course, as always, Patreon, uh, for, Patreon forward slash the wicked ks and three dollars subscription, uh, gets you extra content. Uh, we'll get you on the show, maybe. Also, well, yeah, I was going to say, um, we do have the ability now to take phone calls. So if you yes. want to be on the show, you don't even have to be a Patreon subscriber. Just you know, give us your, you know, give us a ring. Yeah, we'll, call the call the uh, the bat phone there. Yeah, we'll set up a time for you to get on the show. I understand that you know it might be hard with people that are like international because you know if you're listening in Germany or the UK, it's like six o'clock at night right now. So yeah, well, from, well, from the time that we're finishing recording, at least this particular episode yeah but still six o'clock at night for you you know i mean we we set up a time we normally get together at like 11 a.m depending on what day of the week we're doing it so that wouldn't be too too bad people are just getting out of work over overseas so it's not yeah yeah that's not that bad at all so if you ever want to be on the show you know we'll 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 take some we'll take some calls yeah of course mine it'll give us something to do (laughs) yeah instead of having to come up with content because it's not hard to come up with content but Obviously, if you have a guest, you can have a guest on the show for a half hour, 45 minutes. And who knows, if this thing decides to, you know, take off like a rocket, you know, you can say, hey, I was the first guest on the Case podcast. Exactly. And you can't take that away. No. Nope. So that being said, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, We're going to go record another episode. It's going to be a 90s themed episode, so be excited for that. When it comes out... Nobody knows. Yeah. It'll just, you're just going to, you know. We're just going back in a time machine. We're just going to go back into a time machine, and then one day you're going to look, and you're going to be like, hey, there's a 90s episode. That must have been they were talking about. (laughs) So until then, peace and love, y'all. Let's get wicked. Wicked pisser. (laughs) 